Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Happy Easter, everyone. How y'all doing today? Amen. Welcome. My name is Jared Lonza. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter Church. I'm so glad that all of you are here. I just want to welcome you that video. And we are celebrating the day that all of Christianity celebrates the willing crucifixion of, of death and the and on a cross on a Friday and his supernatural defeat of, the, of death and the grave on just a few days later on a Sunday. And Easter is one of two days out of the year that people actually think about going to church. Whether or not they ever go at all, Christmas and Easter are the two days of the year that most people are thinking about going to church. And we are glad that you are here today. And I want you to know that I have been praying all week for you. I have been praying that God would speak to you today, whether you come to church regularly, whether this is your first time in a while. I've been praying for you that God would speak to you, that you would encounter and experience the God who is alive, and that you would see and find what you have been searching for. I know that there are people all over the world who are searching for something, and they're coming to churches all over the place, all over the world today, hopes in hopes of finding something or the answers to their questions. Now, I tend to think in pictures, I tend to think in illustrations, and as I was thinking this week about Easter and preparing this, uh, this week for the message that I was going to preach, I, I started thinking of a couple of couple ideas, and probably in the beginning, it's not going to make a lot of sense to you, um, but anybody who knows me, it'll make sense. So one of the images that I was thinking about through Easter was about a video game, yes, as always, a video game that I played as a kid called Contra. Anybody ever, anybody ever played this game? called Contra. This is on the original Nintendo Entertainment System. This is one of the most popular games that it's really ever been created. Now, the, the idea of this game is that it is, it's, a, it's called a run-and-gun style game. Uh, you, you're trying to make your way through fighting all sorts of monsters. But it is also an incredibly frustrating game. And the reason for that is because you're only given three lives. Now, anybody who ever plays video games, especially if you played in the early stages and like in the 80s when I was around, was that is that you, you don't have things like save points in the game of Contra. You have three lives to make it through every stage, and if you die, you're done. And you have to start over, and it's very frustrating. So it's a repetitive uh, game of, of having to come up against the same mistakes over and over and over again, and it's really nearly impossible to win. So pause there for a second. We're going to come back to Contra in a little while. Another illustration that I thought of was a broken vase, right? So I think we have an illustration on the screen here. And you're thinking, this is a really sad beginning to a message on Easter Sunday. But here's why. A vase is beautiful. It's created uh, beautifully crafted. It's designed for a purpose, right? The idea of a vase is that it's supposed to uh, look like a, a piece of art. It's designed to look nice. It holds flowers. It's, it's created for a purpose. But for maybe my fault or maybe someone else's fault or a series of circumstances, somehow this vase ended up broken, it was damaged, it was destroyed. Now, have you ever felt like life was like either of these scenarios? Have you ever felt like you can't just can't seem to get through your day without making a series of mistakes, or that you, you seem to reflect on your life and there's a lot of patterns that you go through, you keep running up against the same things over and over again? Do you ever wish that you could just start over? 
Do you feel like no matter how hard you try, eventually you're going to mess up? Some of us live in a situation or live with a personality or a, or a thought pattern that no matter how good things are, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And you feel like eventually, no matter how good things are right now, something I know is lurking around the corner for me. Does your life feel like a mess? Do you feel like, like a bunch of broken pieces that you maybe have put together? Have you maybe felt like, you know what, my life was a mess and I've put it back together, but I still feel fragile? Do you still feel the cracks? This is life. This is the life that we deal with. We have all experienced failure. We have all experienced pain. And we are all broken in some way, and we're looking for a way to be fixed. We're looking for a way to be able to get through and fix things. And I think this is why Easter Sunday is such a day that draws people to church. I think people are looking for answers about how their life can get better. And they have heard, maybe in rumors, maybe in whispers, maybe in tradition, and no matter if their life, all throughout their life, they maybe have never stepped in, into a church, but they've heard about this, this man named Jesus. And sometimes people are in such a place where they're frustrated, or they're tired, or they're sick of the things that are going on in their life, and they think, you know what, Easter Sunday, and the idea pops in their head, maybe I should go to church. Right? That's why a lot of people come to church on Easter Sunday, because deep inside, I think they have, people have hope that this man who is claimed to be resurrected, a man who was dead and has been claimed to be back from the dead, that somehow the resurrection of Jesus Christ actually has the power to be able to affect and change their life. But we're not quite sure what it is. I think many of you, maybe some of you in the room today are thinking, I don't know what the significance is of the resurrection. So let's ask that question today. Why is Easter a day that people are so drawn to church. What is it that draws us here? And does the resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years from that day have any relevance to me today? Does, does something that happened 2,000 years ago have anything to do with my life right now? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a brief look at what happened on that day and explain what it might, or explore what it might mean to us. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to, to pull it out to Matthew chapter 28. Or if you have a tablet like I do, or a smartphone with the Bible app, get that, download it. The uh, verses will also be on the screen. This is a pretty familiar story. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 5. Let's read together. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the other Mary, it's funny, went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Interestingly, he sat on it like a chair. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. And the guards who were posted there by the government to make sure that no one stole Jesus' body were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. It doesn't mean they died. It was just like they were so freaked out by this in this one supernatural moment that they just, uh, and, you know, and just sort of fell over. <laughs> the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And in their mind, I imagine in that one moment, they just had this image, the flashes. Have any of you ever seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ? Let me see your hands if you've ever seen that movie. You ever notice how sometimes, like when you think about the crucifixion, the images from that movie pop into your head? This is what happened, I believe, to them in this moment. When he said to them, do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, I believe that just the fresh memories of two days before, 
flash through their mind. And then he says, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Now, this is a very familiar story. We see this this power on display. An earthquake, at least locally, took place. A man who was dressed in clothes like lightning, that's like blazing, was there. And somehow this stone was rolled away. And this, this whole moment, right, this crazy supernatural moment, it's signaling like a changing of the guard. Things are different. God has now intervened in all of creation right now in this moment of history to do something different. There's a significance there. But something interesting happens in this moment. The angel speaks to the women and gives them an invitation. He says, come and see. It wasn't like just take my word for it. It was an invitation to participate. The angel said, come and see. And at the very beginning of what we know as Christianity, this moment is what marks our faith more than anything else. We see a glimpse of what is offered to every human being in all time, for all of creation, we see a glimpse right here, is that it is an invitation. What Jesus offers to every single person, what God has been saying, what the entire Bible is about, is participate. Come, I'm inviting you to see. Now there's another passage that actually has a very similar vibe to this. And this is the test time, it's actually Jesus speaking. Jesus' friend Lazarus had just died. And Jesus is speaking to Martha, one of uh, Lazarus's sisters, in John chapter 11, verses 23 and 26. He's talking to them. Martha is so sad. Her brother is dead. She wondered why Jesus did, didn't come faster to be able to heal him because she knew that Jesus was powerful. She had seen him do incredible miracles. And so she's speaking to Jesus in John eleven twenty three and 26. And Jesus says right here, it's his verse 23. It says, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everybody else rises at the last day. The Jewish people had a belief that there would be a resurrection at the end days, that everyone would rise up again, all the righteous Jewish people would rise up. And so that's what she's talking about. Yes, Jesus, I know that one day I'll see him. It's kind of like you you talk about your loved ones, right? You say the same thing. It's like, yeah, well, you know, one day we'll see grandma in heaven, right? That's what she was saying, okay? But then Jesus flips it. In verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection, I am the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he says this, do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Even before Jesus' death on the cross, he was linking the power of the resurrection to himself. Before he went to the cross, he was telling people, remember this moment. You're going to paint pictures about me. You're going to tell stories about me. And you're going to be tempted to live your life through rituals. But what you need to understand is that the power that is available to you is through me. He is saying, if you follow me, if you have a relationship with me, he even paints this picture in John chapter 15 when he says, I am the vine. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus painted these beautiful illustrations of how it's all about a relationship with him. And what he's saying here is that there is something that you can be found in Jesus that cannot be found anywhere else. The power of the resurrection is not just this, it's not just that this magical formula happened or this thing that took place. It's an invitation for us to experience and participate in something that cannot be found anywhere else. And he asked Martha a question. He asked her an invitation. He gave her an invitation that he is still asking 
today. He's asking each one of us, will you receive what I am offering? I think that's powerful. The angel says, come and see. You're invited to participate. Jesus, before he even goes to the cross, tells Martha, I am the resurrection. Do you believe what I'm saying to you? So I ask again, what is it about Easter that draws us here? Does the resurrection after 2,000 years have any relevance to my life? I believe that we are here today because we realize deep inside that we need help. I believe that we are craving something beyond ourselves. I believe that the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most relevant aspect of any religion because it sets the slate clean for all of humanity and it provides a path forward to God where none else exists. Yes, I said that. I believe it with all my heart. This is the single most unique and relevant piece of any religion because no other religion sets the slate clean for all of humanity and provides a path forward to God where none else exists. The resurrection of Jesus Christ provides that. It's incredibly powerful. The resurrection of Jesus changes the rules of the game. And we are no longer held by our shortcomings. We're no longer held by our past. But instead, we are invited to new life every single day through Jesus Christ. And that's the big idea of the day. If you're taking notes in your program, write this down. This is kind of the central concept of the entire message today, is that the resurrection of Jesus is an invitation to new life every day. The resurrection of Jesus is an invitation. Come and see. Do you believe? Will you come and experience this? And it's an invitation to us, not just to say, I want to raise my hand and I want to give my life to Jesus. But no, it's an invitation every day. And how do I know this? Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. This is Paul speaking and talking about Jesus. He says, for we died, we as in Christians, and we were buried with Christ in baptism. Many of you who have come from any kind of a Christian background understand the concept of baptism. The idea is that it symbolizes the dying to the old self and rising again in new life to Jesus. This is where it comes from. Verse 4, we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. So now, not only was Jesus linking the resurrection to himself, now Paul is saying, guys, you need to get this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is an invitation for each one of us to participate in a way to be connected, but it also gives us new life, which lets us be free from our past. Jesus is risen. Praise the Lord. He is alive. I saw this great video on Facebook this week. It was like, what would it be like if it happened in modern days? And the people were all getting these text messages from each other. And it said, it said, the tomb is empty. He is risen. And it had people, you know, in the middle of dinner in a restaurant, had a guy who was hiking out in the, in the woods somewhere and, and they would stop and their phone would ring in the middle of what was happening. A little, little notification and they would see it. And at the end, you, you didn't see it until the end, but people were, were excited. They were sharing it. They were showing it to other people. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was like, it was this moment where they had, they had heard. They had heard 
that something was going to happen. Jesus had alluded to and even bluntly told them that he was going to die and be crucified. But in the day when they were so traumatized by seeing their Savior, the one that they put all of their hopes on, they saw him crucified on a cross. That's the equivalent of a modern-day gas, gas chamber or an electric chair, right? They saw their, the one that they pinned everything to, their hopes, their future to. They saw him brutally murdered on a cross. I mean, what would that be like for us, right? The next day you're thinking, oh my gosh, like, what was I thinking? I can't believe he's dead. I, I, you're confused, but then you get this text message. He's not there anymore. They went to the morgue and his body is gone. That would be the equivalent of what that would be like. That the slab that he was laid on is gone. It's empty. There's nothing there. I mean, if you imagine the incredible significance of what that means to us, that the one who said he was the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the resurrection and the life, that means that if he is not in the grave anymore, that means that he is who he said he was. And when we sing that song that's on Caleb and on the radio, that the same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in us, that's what is so significant when Paul says, that we have been raised to life. So I thought of a couple things about what that means for us. I feel like today, I've been praying all week, that somebody who needs to hear this message, that it would challenge you. So I pray, I'm just going to pray right now. Jesus, would you open our hearts as we wrap through this last part of the message, as we wrap this up? Would you speak to us? Would you open our hearts to hear what you have uniquely crafted for each person in this room? In Jesus' name, amen. A couple things that I thought about. Jesus is risen and invites us to, one, have a new beginning. Somebody in this room needs a new beginning today. I believe that all week long. I just, it's just been in my heart. I just knew somebody here is just fed up with life, is frustrated, just needs to start over. Somebody is just like, I, no matter how hard I try, I can't do it on my own. Maybe you knew, maybe you knew Jesus at one point, but you've kind of walked away from it. You've forgotten. Maybe, maybe you, for the first time in your life, you say, you know what? I have been running. I've been in church. or I've heard this, but I've never made the decision. I don't know. For you, somebody in the room needs a new beginning. Because Jesus is risen, we can have a new beginning. He said, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may, new, may live new lives. That means that no matter what you have done, no matter what your past is like, no matter what mistakes you have made, that you can start over. No matter what your mom thinks of you, no matter what your dad thinks of you, no matter your coworkers, your family, your friends, or your kids, you may walk out of this place today and be back in reality. Like right now, we're in kind of a pause mode, right? You come here and you hear this great message that's encouraging, and you walk out and you feel great, but then you walk out of the church, And you get a text message from that person who you're dreading getting that message from, reminding you and dragging you right back in to what it was that was frustrating you. But let me tell you something. Because of Jesus' resurrection, because he has given you new life, no matter what happened between, between this moment and back then, no matter what happens between now and that moment or even beyond it, you can have a new beginning every single time. It doesn't matter what they think of you. It matters what he thinks of you. And he gave his life for you so that you could have newness, that you could have a fresh start, so that he doesn't look at you and see you as a failure. He doesn't look at you and see you as a, as a, as a single mom or as a, as a messed up person. He doesn't see you as an addict or as a broken person or as a poor individual. He doesn't see you as any of those things that people label you with or that you label yourself with. He looks at you with freshness and with love in his eyes because he gave everything for you. And the Bible tells us, and I believe it's true, that we have new life. 
That's a new beginning. That's start over. It's incredible. It is incredible. And I will tell you, there are people in this room, and I don't mean this is like a slam. There are some of you in this room who are going, that's good news. And it's like, yeah, it is good news. But there are some of you, like right now, who, who are just sitting here, and it's hitting you because you have experienced pain in life. You have experienced hardship. And when you hear the words that someone loves you for you, that he was willing to give everything for you, and it costs you nothing except your faith, and a willingness to say, I receive that. Some of you in this room need to hear that today. And there's something happening in your heart. It's crumbling. It's melting like butter under the heat of God's love. Accept that. Receive that. A new beginning is available. Jesus is risen and invites us to have a new beginning. The second thing is he is risen and he invites us to live in freedom. Somebody in this room is held back by the things that, that they just, the chains. They're like, I believe in that. I want a new beginning. I know I've started over, but I can't seem to move. It's like, right now I made a decision. This is the wall. This is my problems. This is my past. And there are chains holding me to the wall. And I want the new beginning. All right, great. I have that new beginning. But then you try to walk, and then like all the things that you struggle with, your, your, your personality problems, the, 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 the mistakes you've made, your habits, your patterns, all of those things, whatever they are, they're holding you back. But Jesus has risen and has broken away from death and the grave. And the Bible says that we no longer are held by our sin. How do I know that? I'm glad you asked. Verse 6 and 7. We know that our sinful nature, our sinful selves were crucified in Christ. Okay? What he's saying is that when we identify with Jesus, when we wear that badge on our arm, when we put that little medal or we put on the jacket or whatever you want to say, like, I identify now with Jesus Christ. He is my master. When we do that, it says we know that our old selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might what? Lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free, free from the power of sin. And then skip to verse 14. I love this. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Wow. Freedom. What that means is that chain that was binding you to this wall, that Jesus came here with a whole bunch of bolt cutters and chink, 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 and rip those chains out of the wall, cut them off of you, put the keys into the handcuffs, and set you free. Now, some of you are in this room, and you're saying, wow, that's incredible, but I'm kind of comfortable with my chains. You know, I've been wearing them for so long. Like, I'm used to them. Like, I want to be free of them, but I'm not sure how to get rid of them. And that's where the action has to take place. Jesus can set you free. When he rose from the grave, he conquered death. He set everything right again. He made the path, but we now have to walk out the door. And every day, this point number one and point number two work together. Every day when you want to go back and you're like, man, I kind of miss my chains. And you walk back here and you kind of, you know, you kind of just put the chain around. You maybe don't want to lock it in, but you kind of just, I mean, this is kind of nice. I remember that, you know, right? But then you, but then it traps you, you know, that's what it is. Have you ever, you know what I'm talking about, right? These habits of our lives, these things that, 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 that they tempt us back. You're like, maybe it wasn't as bad. Maybe it wasn't as big of a deal, and you forget the pain, you forget the suffering, you forget everything that those habits and that way of thinking used to do for you. So you kind of come back, and then, and then all of a sudden it grabs you, and now you're stuck again. 
But the beauty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that we have a new beginning every single day. Is that we can say, no, I'm set free from, the, from this, from the power of sin in my life. Jesus has given me a new life. So again, even if you locked it up, there's the key, ping, unlocked, and you walk out again. Now, yes, the, we don't want to keep removing that, that same pattern every single day. We don't want to keep walking back into the prison cell. We don't want to keep doing that. Eventually, we need to learn what that means to move forward. But every single day, the power of the resurrection allows us to say, I have new life. I am a new person. I am not that person anymore. And eventually, you're going to get it. Eventually, you're going to say, you know what? I'm not an addict. I don't need that anymore. The power of Jesus sets me free from that. You can walk in freedom. You can tell yourself, you stand on this truth. I am no longer obligated. I posted this picture or this verse on, on Facebook last week, and I, I'll tell you, I knew it wasn't the first time I read it, but it was like the first time I read it. It said, you are no longer under the obligation to live a sinful life. And I was like, really? I mean, it was just this moment where I felt like, like the heavens parted. A cloud opened up, and like sun went ching right down into my bedroom where I was reading that. It said, you are no longer under the obligation to sin. Now, I know that I mess up. I know I make mistakes, but I am not required anymore. And that's what the Bible tells us. It says that before Jesus came and gave his life, before he rose from the grave and defeated death, defeated sin, and gave us the ability to have eternal life, we had no choice. There was nothing we could do. Our bodies and our minds, we had no ability to say no to the things, ultimately, that were going to destroy us. One way or the other, we were going to end up dead. That was just the reality of it. But now, because of Jesus, we have the ability to be set free from those things. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, gives us the ability to say no, to walk forward, to be able to move beyond those habits. Somebody in the room here needs to hear this today. Whatever it is you are struggling with, you can lay it down today, and Jesus will help you walk forward with it. Because Jesus is risen, he invites us to live in freedom. Praise the Lord for that. We can have a new beginning. We can live in freedom. And finally, Jesus is risen, and he invites us to the assurance of eternal life. And I believe this. I've said it two times already. I'm going to say it a third. Why? Because the third time's a charm, right? Somebody in the room needs to hear this point. And I don't know if it's because you were raised in a certain Christian tradition. Maybe some of you live with guilt and you're worried. You're always worried, am I good enough? Am I going to get to the place of where, how do I know that Jesus really loves me, that I'm not going to somehow mess up in the last minute and I'm going to end up burning in hell? How do I know, and maybe even if you think about something like purgatory that's been raised, kind of ingrained into you, that if I just, I don't know if I did enough. I'm going to spend, you know, 50 years in this kind of waiting room here, right? This is not what the Bible teaches. Let me tell you why. Verses 20 and 23, same chapter, Romans 6. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things that you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. That's what we're all afraid of, is that somehow I'm going to miss the mark, and for the rest of forever, I'm going to be left out of the party. We've got eternal spirituality FOMO is what we've got, right? Fear of missing out on the good news of heaven. Verse 22, but now... 
Good news is coming. You are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now, that's a weird statement, right? Because he was just talking about slavery. Slavery was something that that time was not a bad thing. There were people who actually signed up to be slaves. They were like, just, they were like I want to work for you for the rest of my life because you will provide for me. And the masters were not always evil people. Okay, I know it's hard for us to understand. But what he's saying is, is that we are now linked eternally to God and to his goodness. He will take care of us, okay? So get past that word there, right? He says, now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. This is an incredibly popular verse. This one people know all of them. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life. It is a gift. You cannot earn it. Hear me on this. The Bible makes it incredibly clear that all it takes to know Jesus, all it takes to inherit the kingdom of God, eternal life, in that good place, that thing that you're afraid of missing out on, all it takes is faith in Jesus. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he rose from the dead, okay? That's, that's all it takes. You cannot earn a ticket. You can't buy a ticket. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. There are some really great people in the world, people who do lots of wonderful things. People who are building wells in Africa. There are people who are taking care of, of, of orphans and widows. There are people who are setting, you know, people who are in sex slavery free from human trafficking circles. Like, all of those things are good, but none of them will earn a place into God's kingdom. Jesus said, I and the resurrection. I am the life. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus made it incredibly clear for us to understand that. You cannot make your own way, but the easiest way, the only way is simple. It just requires faith. Now that should be good news to some of you because you're worried that at the end of your life or maybe in the middle of your life, you are ridden with guilt because you're always afraid that whatever you have done is haunting you. But what you are called to today because of the resurrection of Jesus, when he paid his price for every one of us on the cross, when he died, he put your sins to bed with him. For all time, not just the ones when the moment you said, I want to believe, and it's like, well, crap, now I've sinned like 37,000 times since I gave my life to Jesus. No, When he died on the cross, he put every sin for all time in the grave with him. That means that everything you're going to do today when you walk out the door and you get that text message from that person you don't want to get a text message from, and then you go, mother, you know, like that thing is covered under the blood of Jesus. Okay? Now, the good news for that is that that means that no matter what you have done, the things that you hold you back, these chains that keep laughing at you, that keep calling you, all of these things are buried in the ground. And no matter what you do, every single moment, none of them have anything to do with whether or not you're going to go to heaven or not, whether or not your relationship with Jesus is not tarnished by any of those things. And even the chains that are waiting for you, the ones that are still being made by the blacksmith, the ones that are over here that you're not even thinking about yet, the things that are going to hold you back later in life, those things cannot separate you from your relationship with Jesus. There is an assurance of eternal life for every one of you who believes in Jesus Christ. Somebody needed that. Somebody needed to know that they don't have to be afraid anymore. They don't have to be worried anymore. They don't have to live in guilt. They don't have to live in shame. 
no matter what happened to you, no matter what you've done to yourself or to other people, if you believe in Jesus Christ, it is covered under the blood of Jesus who gave his life on the cross for you. And it wasn't just that, because if he hadn't raised from the grave, he was just one other guy. But instead, he supernaturally came to life, and he is alive today. And because of that, he has the ability to say, I forgive you, and nothing can hold you back. Walk with me. He invites us every day. And so back to that video game I was talking about in the morning, or earlier today. It was a very frustrating game, and our life is often like this. We feel like, you're like you know, Pastor Jared, I understand this is really difficult. Because I do, I do make the same mistakes over and over again. I feel like I can never quite get it right. But you know what they did? Because people were so frustrated with that game, they created a code called the Konami Code. This is a very famous code. It's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start, or BA, BA, start, or select, start, if you want to play two players. And it gives you 30 lives. <laughs> it gives you 30 lives instead of three. 30 lives is plenty. You know how many times I beat Contra? A lot. Okay? And that happened... Because of a code that was given to help people who couldn't do it themselves. Jesus Christ is the Konami code for life. The resurrection of Jesus is the Konami code. I know it sounds silly, but grace and mercy have overcome mistakes and failures. It is resulting in the ultimate victory and salvation. We have salvation. We can get through. No matter how many mistakes we make, there's another life waiting for us. We don't have to start over. We don't have to live with the pain of it, the frustration of having to continually go through the same things over and over again because we know that no matter how hard life is, we have a new beginning. We can walk in freedom, and we know that in the end, we will always get to the place we are supposed to go because we've got unlimited number of chances. Because because of what Jesus Christ has done. And then we have this vase, right? A restored, unbroken vase. We see this. My life, I felt like my life, there was a period of time when I was a teenager where I felt like literally the image of my mind, my, my life, I went through some really hard things and I had this image that my life was just a shattered mess on the ground. And for a long time, I felt like even though I was able to move on, I felt like a vase that was, had cracks all over it, like, some, like, like I just picked it up and kind of put some like glue. So it was just this fragile mess that it didn't even look like it anymore. But you know what? That's not true. The reality is, is that no matter how broken you are, no matter how messed up you are, no matter how shattered your life may have been or might be in the moment, when you meet Jesus, you might not feel it, but you are restored to a beautiful vase without cracks, without blemish. The Bible says it without spot or blemish, okay? And this, we don't feel this way because we are still human beings and our mind still thinks we're fragile. But the reality is the Bible calls us new creations. What that essentially means is that somehow we're broken. He picks up those pieces. And then when we say, Jesus, would you come into my life? I receive your forgiveness. I walk in you. I believe you are who you say you are. And we're baptized, right? We need to do that. And when we're baptized, symbolically, we go into the water. And somehow, magically, we come back up. And we are the unblemished, unbroken vase. It's beautiful what Jesus does through the resurrection. And this is what Jesus offers to each one of us. This is not just about, okay, we want to get someone saved here today. This is, this is real life for all of us. Because we get broken every day. We keep making mistakes even though we know Jesus. All of it happens to us every day. So every one of us can have a new beginning every day. Every one of us can walk in freedom even though in the moment we put our chains back on. Jesus is more than willing to unlock those from us. 
we can walk in that freedom. We are healed. We can have restored life. We are repurposed. We are forgiven. So my challenge to you today is this. Would you accept the invitation and walk in it daily? The angel said, come and see. Come and see. He is no longer here. You and your your finite human mind thought that you should see a body there. But he's not here. He is risen. He is alive. That message is still the same for us today. Come and see. When we do our egg hunt and we have 875 people there, what we're saying to them is we love you because Jesus loved us and he loves you. Come and see. When we went out and we canvassed the neighborhood and we we put postcards out there, we're saying, come and see. When you come to church and we preach about Jesus, I want to echo the same words of Jesus to Martha. Do you believe it? Do you believe what he is saying? Right now, he is calling to each one of you, whether you're a Christian or you're not, or you want to be, or you don't want to be, or you're trying to figure it all out. He's asking the same question to you. Do you believe it? I have said a whole bunch of things today. I've offered what I think to be some pretty darn good news. But the question really is, is do you believe it? Will you accept the invitation that has been given to you today? It can't be made any clearer. Will you accept it and walk in it daily? I encourage you to accept the gift, the free gift of new life from Jesus whether this is your first time accepting that gift or the reminder of, you know what, I, have, I've, I, I need to experience it fresh again. I encourage you to say goodbye to your old life. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes calling out the thing that is holding you back. Give it, you don't give it power by that. What you're actually doing is you're calling it out. Because you know sometimes how sometimes you struggle with something, but you're kind of afraid to, to acknowledge its existence. This happens a lot of times in families. There's a problem in the family, but they don't want to talk about it. So it festers. It just sits there and it boils over and it, it, it rots away at you and it limits you. It's just like if you have a wound on your body, if you leave that wound without getting healed, eventually you will lose the ability to use that arm. And that's the same concept, is that we have to call it out for what it is and say, you know what, this thing is holding me back. Through the power of Jesus Christ, I'm walking away from it. Because of the resurrection, because of his forgiveness, I am no longer a slave to sin. I now live for him. And his power in my life will give me the ability to walk away from that. We need to say goodbye to our old life. And then we need to renew that relationship daily, every day. So yeah, on Easter, it's important for us. We center ourselves back to the resurrection of Jesus. But tomorrow, we should celebrate Easter too. And then the day after, and the day after. And then it's Christmas And then we say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, for coming. But more importantly, thank you for what you did when you came. Every single day, we need to renew this in our life. Every day, we renew that new life. Wow, I messed up. I can't believe I yelled at my kids the way that I did today. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I cheated on my taxes. Oh, my gosh. Like, whatever it might be for you, whatever it is, that that, that at the end of the day, you look and you go, gosh, I can't believe I did that again. Or you're just hammering yourself because of your frustration or you're still insecure about the things that have left you in the past. Remember, the resurrection of Jesus Christ sets you free from that. He is not holding you to it. You are. So let go of it. Walk forward. And then when you go, okay, well, I go back. No, remember, Jesus set me free. And walk out again every single day. Renew your relationship with him. Would you stand with me and let's pray together?
Jesus, we thank you so much for your forgiveness. Thank you for the new life that you have offered to us. Thank you that you have invited us into a place of, of, of forgiveness, of, of freedom. Thank you that we have assurance that we have a home that is beyond our life today, that there is no worry for that. Thank you. Thank you that when you gave your life willingly on a cross for us, that it's relevant today because I can have forgiveness for the things that I do now. Thank you that you rose from the grave in that incredible power that brought a dead man back from the life, back from the dead to life. Thank you that that is relevant to me because it gives me power to be able to say no to the things that want to kill me every day. So now we turn our attention to you because you deserve it. With every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity for anybody who might be in the room today who wants to begin a relationship with Jesus who says, you know what? I do believe. Jesus is calling me today. I've been speaking from his word. I've been praying all week that these words would not be my own, but that they would be the Holy Spirit speaking and calling and challenging you. If you're in the room today and you're in a place where you say, I want to know Jesus because I need that new beginning in my life. I just want you to slip your hand up in the air now. We're not going to count or anything. Just put your hand up. Praise God. I see a couple hands. Is there anybody else? There is no magic in this moment here. There is no magic of, of you raising your hand. Something happens because the Bible makes it clear that what happens, it happens on the inside. That your belief in your heart is what transforms you. And the Bible says that when you believe, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he rose from the grave, that that power that rose Jesus from the grave is what is now coming inside of you to restore your life. You are a new person now. You are now the off of you and you are now unbroken. You are now beautiful. You're repurposed. You're forgiven. And that happened. Let's praise God. Guys, let's clap because people in this room today found freedom. Amen. And for some of you in the room, you say, I need to walk in freedom. And so we're not going to raise hands for that, but what we're going to do is I just want you to, to just tell God, just tell him, Jesus, I need freedom in this area. Whatever it is for you, just now, just right now, just pinpoint the thing that you knew that when I was speaking, that the Holy Spirit used my words to hit in your heart and draw a picture in your mind of whatever it is. You know exactly what it is. The thing that's holding you back. The thing that you feel like is keeping you from having freedom in your life. And I want you to just turn your face to heaven and under your breath or out loud, whatever you want to do, just say, God, I need freedom from this thing and I receive it from your Holy Spirit. Just say that to him right now. God, I need freedom from whatever it is. I need freedom from that. Break me free from this thing. Holy Spirit, give me power to walk from my prison cell. The Holy Spirit now, I'm getting images in my mind of right now there are chains just dropping off of people. There, there are thoughts that people have, lies that they have believed, labels that they have believed that are being cut from you. The image I had in my mind is that tag that's in the back of a t-shirt that annoys the crap out of people. Right now he's ripping that tag off of the back of someone's shirt today and he's saying, this is not who you are. And he throws it in the trash and he's saying, this is who you are now. I am giving you freedom. I'm giving you a new identity. I'm giving you the t-shirt that has no tag. That's who you are today. Walk in freedom. And I believe that God wants to say to you today, for those of you who are living in fear, the Bible says 
that he does not give us a spirit of fear, that there are people in the room today, like I said, who are afraid, who are living in guilt, who are living in shame, and they're worried that the things that they've done or will do will keep them from this relationship with Jesus. And it holds them back from the relationship that they can have with him now. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest, life abundantly. And for those of you, some of you are in the room and you're saying, I can't live the abundant life because I'm afraid of what's to come for me. And Jesus is saying to you, I have finished it. I have done it. It is over. You are no longer held by that and know that you have a place in my kingdom, that there is a room for you, that I have given you freedom. I've given you life. I've done all of it for you. And all you have to do is welcome it and walk into the room and explore the place. There is no fear. There is no worry for you. The Bible says that when you know Jesus, you have eternal life waiting for you. That is good news. Good news. Good news. So we're just going to finish right now with a song where we're going to declare out to Jesus what he has done for us. We're going to sing this together. And I encourage you to sing from your heart with everything you've got inside of you. Make it your song to him as if you wrote the lyrics yourself. We'll sing together and we're going to close out together in just a moment. Let's sing and let allow the Holy Spirit to, to just seal in our hearts what he started in this message today. down this morning cause the nails couldn't keep you down the grave couldn't keep you in the hell couldn't keep you out you reign you reign the nails couldn't keep you down the grave couldn't keep you in and hell couldn't keep you out you reign you reign couldn't keep you down the grave couldn't keep you in and hell couldn't keep you out you reign you reign the nails couldn't keep you down the grave couldn't keep you in and hell couldn't keep you out cause you reign you reign given us the path. You're inviting us in. Every day is an invitation. And we commit now, today, to, 
to taking steps to move forward, to accept that invitation, to walk forward with you, to discover more about who you are and what you have for us, repurposed, healed and restored and forgiven. Thank you for what you're doing today. Let us always remember, let this be the foundation, the cornerstone of our faith that is all built upon the resurrection power that is available every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple things I want to remind you of before we head out today. We have a little bit of extra time today in the theater, which is a rare commodity in this building for us. So we're excited for that. So we're going to actually close out here, but we're going to just worship a little longer if anybody wants to stay. But a couple things. If you began a relationship with Jesus today, or if you have recommitted your life to Jesus, we have these books here. We have a bunch of them here in the front, and we also have them in the Connection Center. It says, Learning to Follow Jesus. This is a just a seven-day guide. It just kind of begins your journey with Jesus. It teaches you what it's like to a step-by-step discipleship guide. I encourage you to get one of these and work through that this week. Also, this thing that I hold in my hand is called a Bible. Any of you who don't have one, we have free ones for you. This is life. This thing is, it's not a bunch of rules. What it is, is 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 a letter from God describing who he is. If you want to know what God is like, read this book. If you want to know what God thinks of us, read this book. If you want to know more about what we talked about today, read this book. And then if there are questions that you have, come find me. Let's talk about it. Let's get coffee. Let's get dinner. Let's let's talk on Facebook. I've got a podcast. I've got all sorts of things that I want to engage with you about what questions you have and how you can move forward. And there are all people all in this church who want to do the same thing. They are free. Grab them. Don't leave without them. Also under your chair is a piece of paper. If you want to, while we're worshiping just for another couple minutes, there's a piece of paper uh, that was in your program. There are pens. You can write out thoughts. You can put a prayer. You can just write a poem. Whatever you want to do. And then take that when you're done and put it on the prayer wall out in the lobby and just kind of mark it there as this is my my statement. This is what I want to take away from today. And that's just a sacred place. It's just a place where you can say, God, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to do. I encourage you to do that. But we are done today. Jesus Christ is risen from the grave and he is alive he is alive and can affect every aspect of our lives so the service is over thank you for joining us today if you want to stay and just sing and just soak in this moment a little bit feel free go out in the lobby meet some people thank you for coming today and come back next week to continue we're going to start the born identity and what it's like to live a new life thank you guys happy easter we love you we'll see you soon Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.